welcome to episode 32 of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly and today I have three questions. Before we start, I want to tell you that, excitingly, Everything Under the Sun is going to be a beautiful book filled with 365 of your questions, one for every day of the year. I'm busy writing it now, so if you'd like to see your own question in a real-life wonderful book filled with questions, answers and beautiful drawings, a great present for all your friends and family, please do send in your questions as soon as you can. So earlier this week, I went to Bradford Literary Festival to talk about my books, The Secret Museum, Wonders of the World's Museums, Natural Wonders of the World, as well as this podcast, Everything Under the Sun. When I was there, I talked to 400 children and we all recorded a question for the show. Here it is. We've all come up with a question to ask on the show and it's from Daryl. Over to Daryl. Hi, my name is Daryl and I'm 11 and I like maths and video games and my question is... Everyone shout it! What was that, Daryl? Why do monkeys throw poo? Thanks, everyone! Well, thanks, Daryl, and all 400 of you lovely children at the Bradford Literary Festival. Well, to answer your question, monkeys communicate with their body language, the sounds they make, and their facial expressions, just like us. But sometimes, most likely in a zoo, you might have seen a monkey doing something most humans do not do, throwing poo. Oh, no! Well, why do they do that? They tend to do it when they're in stressful situations, like you might have seen in the movie Madagascar, the monkeys say... If you have any poo, fling it now. And they're about to get arrested. But in zoos, monkeys do it when they're upset. And they throw their poo simply because it's the most easy thing nearby to throw. Perhaps over time, they also learn to throw it as they know they'll get a really big reaction from visitors to the zoo. Which is why you'll see clips of monkeys throwing it on YouTube. But it's not necessarily something that they do in the wild. And it's not really something particularly great because it means they're pretty annoyed. Chimpanzees are good at throwing. In the wild, chimps sometimes throw branches or rocks when they're angry, anything nearby that comes to hand. Or they may throw things at each other to get one another's attention. Hey! However, chimps in zoos, like monkeys, might throw poo because it's the closest thing to hand. But again, it's not something they do naturally in the wild. Did you know there are around 260 species of monkey in the world? The world's smallest monkey is a 12-centimetre tall pygmy marmoset that we talked about in the Daddy's Day episode. They could fit in your cupped hands, they fluff up their fur to look bigger than they are, they can cling to trees with their sharp claws, and they make clicking sounds and loud calls to one another. These monkeys live in South America, high in the trees and feast on tree sap and gum. Mothers usually have twins. Meanwhile, the largest monkey in the world is called a mandrill. They're like one metre tall. They have yellow beards and yellow hair on their cheeks and a red face and they're very shy. They live in the rainforests of equatorial Africa and eat fruit, roots, and small creatures like frogs and snakes. Chimpanzees are the closest relatives to humans with 98% of the same genetic blueprint. They can walk on their knuckles and stand upright. They swing in trees, which is where they usually eat, 
they sleep in the trees, and they can use tools like sticks to pick insects out of their nests or dig beetles out of trees. They've even been taught some words of human sign language. One monkey I really like the look of is the proboscis monkey from Borneo. Males have a really long nose that can be 10 centimeters long and hang down below their mouths. This nose is great for attracting females. The bigger his nose, the more girlfriends he is likely to have. This monkey's nose will swell and turn red when the monkey is excited or angry, which frankly is a lot better than monkeys throwing poop. Males and female proboscis monkeys have big tummies and can swim well for up to 20 meters. I hope that answers your question, Daryl, and all the children at Bradford Literary Festival. If you have a question you would like answered on the show or in the Everything Under the Sun book, all you have to do is ask an adult to record you asking it and ask them to send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Next up, we have a question about salamanders from Oscar. Over to Oscar. Hello, my name is Oscar. I am six and a half years old and I live in London. I like animals, dinosaurs and swimming. My question is how do salamanders regrow limbs and organs and body parts? Thanks for your great question, Oscar. Well, to answer it, I have a salamander expert called Nick Caruso. He's going to answer your question. Over to Nick. Hi, Oscar. Thanks for the great question. My name is Nick Caruso, and I'm an ecologist who studies terrestrial salamanders in the southern Appalachian Mountains. Salamanders are unique among vertebrates, which are animals that possess a spinal cord, in that they can regenerate tails, limbs, or even their organs. If a salamander loses its tail or its arm or leg, their blood clots at that site and skin cells begin to grow over the area of the wound. This is pretty similar to what happens if we get a cut. But the next steps are where the similarities end. In salamanders, cells underneath the wound rapidly divide and begin reforming the bone, cartilage, muscles, nerves, and other tissues that make up that limb. In humans and other vertebrates, our cells aren't able to do this because they've already become specialized to a specific function or type of cell. But salamander cells from near the wound are able to unspecialize and reform the tissue of the lost limb. Interestingly, if a salamander gets a cut, sometimes their cells get a little too anxious and will try to regrow that part of their body even if it wasn't lost. While doing field research, I found salamanders that have forked tails or even multiple feet stemming from a single leg. Scientists are still uncovering more secrets to how salamanders are able to regrow parts of their body, and likely those secrets lie within their huge genomes, or their complete set of their DNA. Some species of salamanders have genomes that are over 20 times larger than ours. I hope that answers your question, Oscar. I hope that answers your question, Oscar. As well as being a salamander expert in the Appalachian Mountains, which are beautiful mountains in North America that first formed around 480 million years ago, Nick has also co-written a book called Does It Fart? with Danny Rabaiotti. I mentioned their book on episode 8 of the podcast, so do go back to listen to that episode where we answer a question from Ray, which was, why do we fart? Nick 
and his publisher have kindly given Everything Under the Sun a copy of the book to give to one lucky winner. So if you'd like to know which animals fart and which don't and lots of facts all about them, then to win a copy of the book, you'll just need to send in your impression of a blue whale farting. Just think about what kind of noise a blue whale fart might sound like since it's an enormous animal and it's underwater. So just ask an adult to record you saying your name and then do your impression and email it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. An adult can just use a smartphone or an iPhone or a computer or anything really to record your impression and send it in to me. The best impression will win a copy of the book. Our next question is about whales and it comes from Lily. Hi Lily. Hi, my name is Lily. I am five years old. I like going horse riding. My question is, how do whales sleep? Thanks, Lily, for your great question. How do whales sleep in the water? Well, they sleep in two ways. They rest in the water, hanging vertically or horizontally, or they sleep while they're swimming along. When they sleep and swim, they just swim slowly next to another whale. At this point, they're only half asleep, kind of like when you have a nap. They tend to nap near the surface of the water, so they're close to fresh air above the sea to breathe. Whales have to be a bit conscious when they sleep so that they remember to breathe. As you know, whales have to know when their blowhole is up near the surface of the water so that they can take in fresh air, because whales can't breathe underwater like fish can. What whales do is they sleep with only half of their brain at a time. One half snoozes and rests, and the other half of the whale's brain takes a turn to be awake and remember to breathe. When whales are babies, they rest, eat and sleep behind their mummies. They get pulled along in her slipstream in the water. This has a fancy name called Echelon Swimming, which is spelled E-C-H-E-L-O-N. Echelon Swimming. Mums can also sleep on the move, and they have to because a mum whale can't stop swimming for the first few weeks of her baby's life, because then her calf would sink. Oh no! Newborns don't have enough body fat to float until they're a few weeks old. So to keep safe, mothers and their babies travel in pods so that they can all look out for each other as they rest and sleep. I hope that answers your question, Lily. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to Nick Caruso for talking to us about salamanders and for the copy of his book, Does It Fart? Don't forget to send in your impressions of blue whales farting underwater to win a copy of the book. A big thank you to Daryl and all the children who came to see me at Bradford Literary Festival for your question and for being so much fun as well as to Oscar and Lily for this week's lovely questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and audio networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Do send in your questions and tell all your friends and family to do the same so you can all be in the book. There's info about how to do that on the show's website, everythingunderthesun.co.uk. So quick, send in your questions as soon as you can, because I'm busy writing away now. Also, if you like the show, please do rate, review and subscribe and tell all your friends to do the same and spread the word. It really does help. Thank you and goodbye.
I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.